Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Better Relationships, Better Life, where relationships expert Judy K. Herman and her guests share insights that can help you move through conflicts in your 9-to-5 jobs and your 24-7 lives. Crack the clarity code and create deeper connections beyond the messiness of relationships. Here's your host, Judy K. Herman. A lot of what we discuss on this podcast is also relevant to your professional relationships as well as your personal life. As a speaker and retreat facilitator, I also support organizations and leaders. Find me on LinkedIn, Judy K. Herman, or my website, judyspeaker.com. Our next guests, Angela and Dennis Buttimer, are a married couple who are professional speakers and executive coaches. Together, they've spoken on the TED Talk stage and written two books on the topic of mindfulness. We'll take a peek at their relationship and how they help corporate leaders with emotional intelligence, wellness, and performance. Thanks for joining us, Angela and Dennis. Angela, you are a you're a psychotherapist, and both of you have a, a mental health mentality, but also mm-hmm. you, you help people deal with stress and you're in the corporate setting. So share with us your passion and why, why co- the corporate setting that you're actually doing trainings and speaking and that kind of thing. So great question, Judy. You know, for me, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and Mm. I was always fascinated with the business side of the world as well as the brain. In fact, I fell in love with psychology at Mm. eight years old and I knew that I wanted to merge the two, the corporate and the psychology. And lo and behold, there was a path for me. And, you know, one of the things is people spend so much time at work and, and the workplace is so rich in terms of the ability to help uplift others. Mm-hmm. And so being able to enter into that arena was just um, a blessing and a natural fit for me. So when I came out of graduate school and same with Dennis, we both went into corporate with our graduate degrees in psychology. And it was just a a perfect match for, for both of us. And we didn't know each other then, you know, but we were both sort of on that same trajectory. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Any more to add on that, Dennis? Just to add that, you know, we both had uh, experience uh, working in psych units and addiction units, and we had that background, uh, uh, which is so interesting. I remember, I don't know about Angela, but leaving graduate school, I'm like, I just want to go do this stuff. Teach me how. And then I get out and I walk in like, what am I doing? But I had really good uh, supervisors uh, that trained me and guided me. And uh, so dealing with some of those uh, more difficult kind of issues was actually good uh, preparation in addition to the EAP training I had already gotten mm-hmm. in business uh, kinds of acumen. So it, it, I found it was a you know, pretty good blend. Yeah. 
That's interesting. So let me ask you, because here I, I've been a relationship therapist doing private practice and then now going into corporations myself. And can you share, like, what have you seen? Is there a correlation between what a person is, you know, struggling with at home, say in their marriage and, versus maybe they are like a very, like a C-suite professional and, and they have teams that they're, that they're managing. Can you share anything that you have, have uh, discovered in your work in the corporate world that would be like similar that, mm-hmm. you know, would be on a personal level? So, you know, relationships are the basis for everything. Relationships mm-hmm. and our ability to engage and understand our, ourselves, having self-awareness, but also understanding others, emotional intelligence is the key to being successful in business with our colleagues, with our leadership, with our customers, our stakeholders. And so what we have seen over the years, over a couple of decades, is that organizations are finally understanding that the soft skills are the hard skills and Mm. that can make or break a a leader as well as an organization. So it's super important. Yeah. 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 I don't really like the term soft skills, actually. You know what? I I understand. They're they're actually powerful. skills. They're powerful skills. (laughs) Let's rename it, shall we? We'll call Mm -hmm. them powerful power skills. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. And the other thing that I would add is that uh, although it may not be a perfect overlay, uh, the way that a person behaves at home, often they may be behaving the same way at work. That in, in taking it back to mindfulness, wherever you go, there you are. You know, that yes. type of thing. So mm-hmm. we're always uh, working with our personality and our temperament, and, and we see it uh, play out in corporate in a variety of ways. Sometimes, you know, like you, we see the best come out in people sometimes the worst, sometimes mm-hmm. just some rough edges that need to be worked with because they, they didn't learn, they didn't know, so to speak, any better. So, you know, there's those sort of challenges. So so are there more challenges, do you think, with those in, in um, high places of leadership versus, you know, your average worker? I don't in, think in so. I think that a lot of times our high-functioning leaders are better at keeping up the game face. Uh-huh. Um, but inside, we, because we do so much executive coaching, we see behind the curtain that a lot of them are struggling. They're just a lot of times um, better able to be poised. So mm-hmm. whether you're, and maybe even especially when you're a leader and you've got so much pressure to lead the organization, lead the teams, and you're dealing with a teenager at home who's suffering from depression or perhaps a divorce, those kinds of things. And that's a lot of pressure. It's like a pressure cooker a lot of times for the C-suite. Yeah. Well, and I guess my thinking on this is, and I've heard a lot of stories in the uh, privacy of my counseling office, of course, but it seems that there, there is like folks, I mean, we all like may, some of us really struggle with isolation. We can put on that face and look like everything is wonderful, but we're really dying inside. And uh, and so like to be able to share with a coworker or something versus maybe someone who is needing to keep up their image and not have anyone with which really to disclose to because they have to keep their image. That's so right. that's kind of where I was going. And I didn't know if yes. you kind of saw some of that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure there to, you know, that superwoman, superman syndrome that people a lot of times at that C-suite level have and feel like there is nowhere to turn. And so I was just reading an article, I think it was in Forbes that said 
about 70% of C-suite leaders in the U.S. are thinking about leaving their current jobs for better well-being. And I was like, Mm. wow, now that is quite a statement. And I think so many famous people have started using their platforms to come out and break this stigma about suffering in silence and saying, no, let's talk about this. Let's get this on the table. And I think it's given a lot of people permission to say, hey, I'm struggling. This is a part Mm. of my humanity. Yes. I have a guy that literally I've been working with recently, and he decided he went to another organization because where he was, he was a high ranking VP. And and now for the reasons you're indicating, Judy, he decided to be a a regional sales manager doing something completely different. And he feels a whole lot uh, less stress, more camaraderie, uh, less isolationism, because I think it can be lonely at the top. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and that's what I wanted to ask, like, what are some of the common issues when, when going into a corporation? And maybe you can share, like, even the type of corporate training that you actually do. What do you help companies? Uh, why, are, why are they hiring you, in other words? Yeah, it runs the gamut. And I know as, you know, keynote speakers, you know, people want you to niche it, but Dennis and I actually get a lot of requests for a lot of different things. Mostly what we speak about is under the umbrella of leadership and wellness and in all things psychology. So that could look like mindfulness, stress reduction, Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, communication, the psychology of leadership. So, you know, Dennis and I, what we say often, our, our business tagline is when you feel your best, you also perform and live at your best. And we believe that wellness and performance really go hand in hand. And that's the crux of all of our keynotes and our trainings. Yeah, and our job is really to help people solve their problems, give them good, clear direction and concrete sort of guidelines and uh, strategies and tactics. Uh, I have a speaker friend and uh, he recently said that when people ask him what he speaks on, he says, what do you need me to speak on? What is your Mm. problem? And then Mm -hmm. they say, well, I have a problem with uh, revenue. That's exactly what I specialize in. (laughs) Now, I'm being a little bit light, but that is what he says. And he believes that, you know, our job's to get in there and, and, and not, you know, you have to have a, some talent in us in a particular niche, I believe, Mm -hmm. but, but not making your lane so narrow because these days people are needing help with a wide variety of issues, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So, um, so have you, have you had some like feedback? I'm sure you have with after having been in a corporation and provided the speaking and the training on mindfulness, what, what some of the results have been for companies? You know, it's interesting, Judy, and I know you've probably seen this too um, in your work is that the things that we know it just seems like everybody knows these things. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Right. It's like you know, everybody's, you know, meditating. Everyone knows like mind body integrative medicine and how it <laughs> affects performance and productivity. And, you know, Dennis and I are, are brain nerds. So we geek out on neuroscience, but, you know, a lot of the people don't know kind of what we live day in and day out. We were just on a construction site a few weeks mm-hmm. ago and we continue to get um, emails and calls from these folks saying, you know, this strategy really has helped me mm-hmm. relieve 
relieve my stress so that I am better at my customer service job because they work in a very high paced environment, which they love and they Mm -hmm. thrive on. And so giving people, I think a lot of permission to live authentically and, and be who they are while also incorporating some of these strategies. And one of the things that Dennis and I talk about a lot is one size does not fit all. So Mm -hmm. when we're keynoting or doing corporate training, we are entering whatever topic it is that we're speaking on for many different directions so that when people leave, they feel like I've got a couple of tools that I can apply. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I'm just wondering the company as a whole, because I don't know, sometimes I'm thinking that folks are, are, are interested, they're interested in profits, they're interested in mm-hmm. retaining employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you have to do a lot of convincing when you do go and present or pr- propose what you're doing. If, if, if people really get the benefits of, okay, mindfulness can really lower the stress and they yeah. can make you more profitable and, and all right. of that. Are there yeah, any kind of roadblocks, I guess, is, is what I uh, want to ask. Any kind of sure, roadblocks that sure. you think that maybe are blind spots for people that would maybe hesitate to. Yeah. yeah. Because of the blind spot is that, uh, as, you, as you know, you don't, you don't see this other car. Oh, my gosh, I really wasn't trying to run into you. Uh, you really can't see what you can't see and you don't know what you don't know. But what you do know, you keep trying to use that very thing. And so we try to talk to ask people about what they're uh, often, Judy, they're more often coming to us than us going to them. But mm, mm-hmm. uh, in any case, when they're coming yeah. to us, they're telling us their pain point. But now when they're telling us their pain point, we want to really get into it and not just go, oh, okay, you're having some struggles with your employees. No, it, get them to break it down in terms of absenteeism and medical claims and whatever issues that are going on. A lot of presenteeism, people just sitting there just twiddling their thumbs or whatever, not really uh, truly present and ask them what it is that they're looking for. And if that, if we were able to deliver X program uh, that could help ameliorate or improve that, what would that mean to you? And they're all like, oh, well, I mean, that's, well, that would be like the magic bullet. So it's gratifying when we can see some shifts in that. Angel was talking about uh, employees uh, and, and higher ups uh, emailing us or calling us and saying, I've, I really have been using this one tactic every yeah. single day where I start the day with a positive ritual, for example. And mm-hmm. wow, that's really made a difference. I didn't think so, but my blood pressure has started to go down or I'm better able to handle my workload. Things like that mm-hmm. uh, very, very gratifying. One of our favorite things, Judy, is we get invited in to do a keynote and and usually by people who already believe in what we're offering. We're we're not converters and we don't waste our time doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually the folks that we're talking to already um, value what we bring to the table. But we love it when we do a keynote because, you know, that plants the seed and it gets people excited and inspired and then come back and do some consulting work, whether it's corporate training, executive coaching, so that we can really till the soil and grow that garden for them. And lots of different results come from that. You know, and as Dennis is saying, the, the client, the organizational client, they know what those problems are costing them. Mm-hmm. And they know that if we can ameliorate that for them, how much that's going to save them. So they know the numbers already. Mm, mm. Are there any kind of attitudes, Dennis and Angela, that you have seen has been a common block to growth or to a healthy culture? 
um, that you that you've identified or seen a common thing that would be a block? Well, I would say, and and even beyond corporate, but in corporate would be a, a, a closed mind. We know that a closed system dies; that the system that it must be open. Otherwise, uh-huh. it, you you can't have a breathing, inhaling, and exhaling. You're only like it, it would almost be like you're only holding your breath. You're only I'm only inhaling. You know, it's that type thing. So uh, you have to have an opening. And, and you know, I, I tell you, things like the pandemic and this new way mm-hmm. of thinking and all has forced people. Now, some people stay hunkered down, granted, but many people have started to see now, well, hang on a minute, we got to, I got to do this a different way. Maybe mm-hmm. I, this technology stuff, this, this hybrid model thing, I've got to adapt to this or I'm going to be left in the stone age. That's wow. what I, I see as the closed mind. Ditto, ditto. I was going to say exactly that, that fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. That fixed mindset is, is a block for people at home and at work. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious about how your work, like, do you two work together all the time? Like when you do corporate trainings, you're together or do some of, or do you do separate things in your, in your work and your trainings and in, in, even in your keynotes? Dennis, you want to take that? Well, we, we, we actually like to work together uh, when we have those opportunities, and we do, um, but that's probably in terms of like training or keynotes, only maybe about 25% of the time or so. Um, sometimes we, people really, really want that. It's so unique, but we usually do it separately. Um, we, in, in the past, we've done couples work uh, in, 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 uh, in sessions together. Uh, and, um, so, so, you know, we do some of those things, but we can do more and go wider when we're, when we're separate. Yeah. Well, I actually, you kind of are, um, making me think too. I want to ask this question, Dennis and Angela is, is, uh, do you do sometimes does sometimes your work as a corporate trainer or as a speaker, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, evolve into a couple's counseling session or even individual sessions? Not usually. Okay. Those are usually separate. separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We try to keep those uh, very clear boundaries. Mm -hmm. Because you do have, I just want folks to know, you've got a counseling practice as well, and that's a separate business, isn't it? Separate business. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you refer when somebody says, hey, I've got some issues, I need some help, and you just refer out? Yeah, if they're a corporate client, we refer them out. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes it clean for sure. It, yes, it's a <laughs> must. It's it can get real messy real quick, no. as you know. Oh my goodness, can't it ever? <laughs> but but your your perspective and your mental health and and neuroscience and all the things you've studied is such an asset as far as your what what you provide for companies Thank and you. for individuals. We just love it. You know, it's just it's amazing to just be so passionate about the work you do and and get to do it every day we wake up and we're like, we get to do this work. We look forward Mm -hmm. to our clients and all the facets of our business. So we just, we're very grateful. We are grateful. And one of the things that we know, and we actually teach, especially when we're talking about uh, uh, dealing with difficult people, as an example, maybe there's a segment we do on that. We're uh, dealing with uh, compassion. uh, For example, Uh, we are talking about, you know, this other person that you're having difficulties with, you know, they do have struggles and fears and insecurities. They also have dreams and, you know, really good intentions and all these things that we're all 
uh, mixed bags. And we try to take that same approach with people. We know that people are struggling. You know, they're, they're so yearning to reach their dreams. They're so fearful that they'll come up short and all this. And how can we then design, whether it's in coaching with Angela, whether it's counseling or with the keynote or training we're doing, how can we design this to penetrate and, and get in there and help people, like Angela said, feel better. We try to tell them, you know, your job is really not to struggle and strive and sacrifice and you never quite get there. Your job is to actually feel good. Yeah. So many people are alarmed to hear us say that, like, you're kidding. But no, 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 that's actually <laughs> Like, it's okay job. to feel good. <laughs> yes, 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 for goodness sake. So we try to help them get there, you know? Yeah. So how has doing this work together, uh, change the two of you I, I'm sure like you said earlier that that I don't know how you worded it but you, there's maybe more appreciation more love for each other now than when you first met obviously that's right. the way it needs to be we all need to grow more in love with each other and more connected mm -hmm. with each other but how have you two done it to be doing to kind of have I'm like you've, you've got a dual relationship here <laughs> you've got your husband and wife right. you're also like in business together mm -hmm. right. and some people do husband and wife good but then they lousy business partners or or vice versa how do you two make yeah. that marriage happen and uh, so, how have you changed I know that's kind of a lot of questions and anyway all in one <laughs> yeah I'll do my best to answer that I think you know it, it's so wonderful to have someone who understands your passion and understands like why you're why you're up at 4 a.m. working on a keynote because they get it they get why you do what you do they they get why you're concerned about a client um, and so Dennis and I love our work so much Judy that we really do have to set boundaries too you know mm -hmm. that when we have date night there's no work discussed you know there's got to be a point um, when we have to take our business hats off and we're mm -hmm. back to the couplehood, our, the, rom the romance and the friendship that we share beyond the work. But, you know, when you love your work so much, work and play, they, they often do blend. And yeah. so we're always sort of refining those places where we need to set aside time for, for just us. I, I can tell it on your face and your countenance and uh, every time with both of you too, it's like, it shows the energy um, shows any more well, to add on you. that, Dennis. Well, you know, we um, uh, do have to keep working on that. Uh, it, we are both, of course, as human beings, works in progress. As a couple, we are. So we're always working on our relationship to a degree. Do we need to do, you know, uh, state more appreciations? Do we need to do less of this thing over here? But, you know, um, I would say for both our relationship, I think Angela would agree with our relationship and with our professional work, is completely undergirded by our spiritual practice. That is, we get up, we meditate, you know, we pray, we meditate this separately, pray, meditate, uh, write, uh, you know, we really access what we think is the true power in, in kind of uh, 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 common terms, uh, um, the quantum field, enter that, that field uh, that you get to when you're meditating and coming into that alignment and then we feel like from that aligned place i can be my best to her she to me us to the world that mm. that's actually the platform and if we don't do that our minds and our determination even though we're both very determined people that alone would not serve us it, it just would not be very skillful yeah 
Does that make sense? It it makes perfect sense to me. I think it would to my yeah. listeners, our listeners too, because, um, yeah, what what I believe about being in the in this profession anyway, as a as a psychotherapist and now speaker, and then getting into corporate training, such as what the two of you are doing, it does require that continual self growth, that continual awareness and development of oneself. And I, I've discovered that, I mean, we need to have a lot of grace for ourselves for the ways when we mess up. Can you all, may I just ask a a nosy question of the two of you? Can you share one time in which there was a real struggle and you, and you just, you, you ended up working through it, obviously, but at the time it was a really dark place in your, in your marriage and your partnership. Sure. So Dennis and I, and we talk about this some in our TEDx talk, we had a string of deaths in our immediate family, like back to back to back, four, Mm -hmm. in fact. Mm -hmm. I mean, right before that, our therapist had died. And yeah, and it was, it was a a difficult, difficult time. And we were running a business too. Mm -hmm. And also trying as the oldest children to hold our families together um, Mm -hmm. through this. I mean, it was, it was definitely traumatic. And, you know, we had an ethical responsibility to not work through it in terms of, you know, in the the counselor client role, but we also had to keep our heads above water and stay afloat. And we also had to manage our own emotions through this. And it was very um, interesting process. And it was, it was a couple of years of a pretty acute, intense working through it together. And, you know, when you're under that kind of stress and trauma, and of course, Dennis and I have our own personalities. We cope differently and mm-hmm. we had to kind of figure that out. I mean, it really shone the spotlight on um, our marriage and, and how we were going to make it through and our business too, is our business going to survive it? And, you know, luckily, as you said, we're here, mm-hmm. you know, um, after two yeah. decades of being in business, but it was definitely a really dark place and, and a tough time for us. It, was. Say, Dennis? Yeah. it wasn't, it was, it was very scary and it was yeah. Uh, unstable. We we uh, uh, persisted in our love for one another, but you know I'm more extroverted. Angela's more introverted, and you know we had all this collision of energies. And uh, and of course we're not immune at all. Even though we do these, you know, really good uh, uh, disciplined self care methods every single day, we're not immune to the grief process. So you mm-hmm. know, with grief, you go through, you know, you go through anger, you go through emotions, you go through you know, sort of that dissociative thing, or, you know, you, you kind of go back, I'm bargaining with this in my mind, you know, um, so we, we had to do that, and, and I would say, uh, we, we were able to lean into each other, and we were able to lean into some trusted people, now, not everyone, we were, we were, like many people find out, uh, mm-hmm. surprised at those who we could not count on, wow, mm-hmm. what a rude mm-hmm. awakening, but, we also found some people come to the fore who were just lovely, lovely, mm-hmm. trustworthy people that we could lean yeah. into. So, yeah. you know, we needed to do that. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important because we see this with other mm-hmm. folks, especially if you have a really good relationship, mm-hmm. it's easy to not continue to build your tribe and your mm-hmm. inner circle, but boy, did it serve us well. And it's one of those life lessons mm-hmm. that we teach our clients is, don't lose touch with your tribe and, and continue into adulthood, you know, connecting with new people. That's what I'm hearing about the two of you. I mean, uh, you, you didn't 
see each other as the enemy. You still stuck together, even you were, you know, uh, grieving differently and then not, not isolating or, or being still in community. I think those are two things that happen a whole lot with couples that are going through darkness. And, and so um, I think it's beautiful that you, you put those two things that you needed the most in your lives at a difficult time when probably it would have been easier to, to go the other way. And then, you know, actually I did listen to your Ted talk and I thought when I was listening to that, I thought, yeah, that's why they are so passionate about doing what they're doing to help oh. people to like not hold that stress and to move. And I, I just love the creative things you were doing on stage there. Uh, no wonder people are drawn to you, but oh, I, that's what I've kind of discovered is that darkness kind of like gives us clarity even with our passion yes. and, and Absolutely. what our message is. So, yeah, when you're brought to your knees, I mean, you really find out what you're made of, um, what your true spiritual beliefs are and mm. what the people around you are made of. I mean, it is a, a real eye opener. And if you can get through it and that's what we are always coaching people, keep going, don't stop, keep getting through it. Boy, there's so much uh, profound empowered wisdom on the other side of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's building resilience. Yeah, building resilience. The other thing that I want to add is, you know, uh, like you, and I, I, I guarantee I can guarantee this is true for you that that like you, we can't not do what we're called to do. Absolutely. Uh, I I was trying to find my way early, early in life. Working in a, a, a elder care home in high school, I started as an EMT, and this one guy was so wonderful. This one day, so I'm. Look, I mean, I'm 19 years old. I'm in the front of this ambulance with this older guy. And back, this is way back. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I was trying to pull from him. How do you do all this and all of that? And he said, hey, man, you know what? He's a very cool guy. Back then. He's, like, really cool. He's like, hey, man, look, you know, you got to go into this, these scenes, man. These people, you got to be like real cool, right? <laughs> so you're going to go up to me. You're just going to say, hey, what's happening, partner? You're just going to go up to me. You're going to be cool. You, you, you got to bring the love, man. You, you got to bring the love. See, you go do some things, but you got to be cool. And I always remember that guy and others who tried to instill in me this idea of presence mm. when all the while I was just, you know, give me the technique, show me the strategy. Let me go fix this. But there, the people kept telling me, various people, hold on do this enter this way so that's what we try to bring to people yes you know we try to. I, I think there's some authenticity about that right mm -hmm. it, there's this real people want you to be real and yeah. and I think that and you look beyond whatever the blocks are that you think that mm. that's there mm. so that's beautiful what would you what would you share uh, is there one piece of advice that you can give a listener who's listening right now? And maybe this person just feels so drained in their work in their workplace. Mm -hmm. And then they also just feel that way. There's some real darkness going on personally. What would you mm -hmm. tell that person? I would say to think of next steps as laying stones along a river. A lot of times people are looking for the lightning bolt answer. Mm. When, if you can just put one stone in front of the next, it could be very simple, like making yourself a healthy salad as a um, form of self-care and, and fueling yourself and then do the next best right thing that that will get you down the path when you feel 
overwhelmed and brought to your knees and burned out. Just do that next best one thing for yourself. Mm, love that, Angela. Yeah. I agree. And, and just being able to reassure them, and this is through mindfulness teachings, but that this is, gosh, this feels so raw. It feels so terrible. It's so dark. And it's a temporary condition. It's not possible for it to stay this way, that it will have a life in a process that it'll work through. And that, like Angela's pointing to, doing doing little things for yourself. You know what? You don't don't try to bite all this off. You, you're just going to do this little thing each day for yourself. This one kindness to yourself, this one thing you enjoy doing, this fun little thing. You're just going to do this and you're just going to build on that. Uh, but, but, you know, being able to share, you know, as a human being, we've been there. I mean, into some other, and there's other, both, both of us individually went through some other things growing up and stuff that yeah. we know what it's like to, to be in a really uh, terrified place, let's say, or a dark place. And so mm. more good is on the way, uh, but know that it's a, this is just a temporary condition, really. Love that. Yeah. And so here, here's the thing. After meeting with you two, here's what I'm kind of like hmm. very impressed with. Number one, that you are like your firstborns in your family of origin, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and so you already like your profession is what you're supposed to do because you were firstborn taking care of everybody, probably. Right. But right. Uh, this beautiful journey, like how, how often do you come across people like yourselves that that are both yoga, you know, people too, like you yoga instructors and psychotherapists and corporate trainers, like what a combination, what a dynamite combination of uh, tremendous power that you two have being married to each other and smiling at each other and, and loving each other. That's like, so cool. It really blesses me to be with you for sure. Thank you, Judy. Absolutely. Back at you. We're blessed to be here with you today. Beautiful spirit. Oh, by the way, on the, on the yoga, Angela's like, you know, this is way back. She's like, yeah, I mean, really pretty far back. We were kind of the other day, it's like 16 years or something. And she's like, ah, we ought to go to these yoga classes. So I, you know, as a marathon runner, she really ran a lot, all these things. She says, well, you know, this would be really good. I'm like, yeah, you go ahead, honey. And then she convinces me to go to a class. I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is pretty good and everything. Next thing she says, I think he would be a really good yoga teacher. And this is my exact words. There's no way in hell I would be a yoga teacher. <laughs> you see what happened? Judy? Yeah. Yeah. This has been a He's a great yoga pattern. teacher. Well, thank yeah. you. You're That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a repetitive pattern. You know, I, <laughs> he says, and I obey. Is that it? That's how it works. <laughs> That's the if secret to a good marriage. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. So how can people get in touch with the two of you? Um, they can find us at path to best self.com. So path, like you're walking on a path okay. to best self.com. Awesome. You can also, you can also look yeah. up uh, book motivational speakers.com as well, but either one of them is fine. It's great. Perfect. Thanks yep. so much for being with us today. Thanks, Judy. Thanks a so pleasure much, Judy. All right. You're welcome. All the best. I so enjoyed getting to know Angela and Dennis off stage. I appreciate them sharing their journey and how they flow in their professional lives and how their work and play blends together. Here's my takeaways. 70% of C-suite leaders are thinking of leaving their jobs due to high stress, and they're seeking more calm in their lives. Number two, it's important to know that a fixed mindset, if you're not open 
that's actually a closed system and a closed system dies. And it's so important to have a growth mindset when it comes to your personal life and your professional life. And number three, your job is to feel good. Wow. What stood out to you? Share your takeaways by going to betterrelationshipsbetterlife.com. Next week, you'll hear from another entrepreneurial couple whose lives turned upside down when they discovered their first child was born with a rare genetic disorder. Bob and Wendy Anderson have redefined normal. Until then, I would absolutely love it for you to share, subscribe, rate, and comment in the streaming platform of your choice. See you next time on Better Relationships, Better Life.